Hello folks, it's Ollie. Just a quick message before the show starts. You might notice that the audio quality is not up to our usual standard. That is thanks to Mabel. Our beautiful cat decided to walk all over our mixer and change the knobs. However, I did my best in the editing room to even out the sound so it doesn't sound too bad. And I think it came out quite serviceable. So I hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to Judging Nerd Culture. We're here to talk about all the good and bad parts about everything you love and hate. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're here today to talk about a wonderful little uh, comic called Coyotes. Yeah. It's uh, It's by see. Crystal Yersky. She does the art. And then Sean Lewis does the story. Crystal on the cover here says Caitlin. Caitlin? <laughs> That's what I meant. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't feel good today, so... Yeah, a bit of a sticky one today. I'll be eating saltines, so if it sounds gross... <laughs> uh, we're doing also uh, a combined podcast and mukbang today. That's... Nope, nope. That's No one wants that. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth chewing noises. The worst noises. Mm-hmm. Top five worst noises. But yeah, it's a... A... Uh, it's, we're reviewing specifically volume one of Coyotes, and uh, it's printed in Image Comics. If uh, you're looking to try and get it, that's where the distributor is. Um, I wrote down some notes. Obviously, like some points I wanted to talk about, and like so I wouldn't forget things. And I looked up Caitlin <laughs> and Sean. Um. And so, Caitlin has a website. She has her own website. And I've checked it out. And if you go to CaitlinYarsky.com, uh, that's Y-A-R-S-K-Y.com, all of her stuff is on there. She has um, her, her resume on there, which is pretty impressive. She has um, a lot of her, it, it, oh my god. <laughs> a lot of her illustrations and um, some of the comics that she's worked on and the games that she's done art for. Uh, and that is really good. Um, I think my favorite illustration that she has, or one of my favorite illustrations, is of um, <laughs> Nick Fury and Goose, uh, the cat oh, from Captain yes. Marvel. Um, I also really enjoy... Um, her version of Persephone. She just she's a really great artist and I really recommend that people check her out. Um and then uh I I couldn't look up one of them and not look up the other. So I looked up Sean Sean Lewis. Um I didn't get a lot from him. He doesn't have his own website, but obviously he has like a little profile on the Image Comics website. Um He's worked on things like Coyotes, Thumb, The Few, um, Saints, I think. Um, yeah, he does some really good work, too. Um, and together, they make Coyotes. And Coyotes is really good. Uh, and you could say it's full of metaphors, or 
you could say we read too much into it, but it's really good. <laughs> okay, so we we do definitely read too much into certain things. That's fair. <laughs> like we're big metaphor lovers around these parts. Uh, this is not reading too far into it. It's it's not even the subtext. It's the context. Like that is what the book's about, whether you consider it whatever or not. But uh, it's. You want to just get into it into what yeah. this story is about? Yeah. So this story is about uh, the life of women in. Um, in the city of Lost Girls. Yes. An abandoned train station. Exactly. And this abandoned train station, despite, I don't think there's any direct uh, reference to, like, the location, but it does seem to be in, like, Mexico. Yeah, it's very Hispanic. They use Spanish in the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> novel, comic. Graphic novel, whatever you yes. want to go with it. Uh, the So the thing here is that the, the story revolves around one specific girl, mostly, uh, Analia. <laughs> No? Analia. Analia? Yeah. I, I read Analia. But you know, that's Analia? Yeah. A-N-A-L-I-A. So, I, you, you pronounced L-I-A. Leah? L-I-A, yeah. You know, maybe... I don't know. I, I think, I feel like it's more Analia. But, I mean, could be wrong. You know, I'm a... <laughs> We're not gonna know until somebody tells us. Uh, that's true. So, uh, if you could, please go to our Twitter and let us know what's up. Uh, at CryptoDelta. Let us know how wrong I am at saying this name. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so the city of Lost Girls is led by the Duchess, for the most part. She's just a real interesting, badass woman. Yeah. Uh, there, there seems <laughs> to be, a, there's a lot that is, uh, portrayed as very straightforward and very, normal for the most part despite the uh semblance of like mysticism around things mm -hmm. and she just does seem like a regular woman until like the last two pages of this book until then she just seems like a strong regular human being and then near the end maybe not we'll see in reg later volumes i guess uh along with uh the duchess this city of lost girls is as the name implies just filled with Tons of women who have lost most of their family and are homeless and living together for safety and shelter and support and all that sort of thing. They go to this city like you were talking about, the city of Lost Girls, because they're being hunted basically by coyotes, which in the novel seem to be a metaphor for men or just a general like evil. I guess, in the world. It's, it's definitely uh, geared to be like the evil of men specifically, more so than anything else. Uh, we see it in the fact that, you know, the targets are all women, in the fact that uh, whenever the, the Cody's, you know, are involved is usually when people are in desperate situations when they're... Uh, trying to escape and they're being targeted by these coyotes uh and all of the metaphors and similes seem to point that they represent just the evil of men i guess 
Yeah, that's what it seems to be. I really enjoyed the very like first page of this comic book. You open it up and it's just uh the the main character just standing in a like a room full of like a bunch of dead well, it's like, like a second page or something. Just a bunch of dead people just standing over their, their corpses, unfortunately. And uh it's real gruesome, but like it's stylized in a way that despite the fact that it's gruesome, it's not like oh it's still a real interesting uh design graphically and it's it's uh, a treat to look at. Yeah, um the the art is really well done. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy reading through the book and stopping every now and then to just look at the art in the book. Definitely. There's a lot that they seem to do with color and parts of the story that are just really saturated and really vibrant and parts that are just all uh, a singular tone and it's it's really quite beautiful work. Yeah, for like flashbacks they'll do more gray or Caitlin <laughs> will do more um gray tones and then when things are, are like violent when there's a fight there's more red tones uh orange tones that sort of thing yeah it just really kind of makes you feel what's going on yeah real strong use of color theory and all that sort of uh good artistry Anyway, do you want to talk about the actual story? I would love to. Okay. So, Analia, it starts with her just living with her mom and her sister. And her mom doesn't want them to go outside, and you don't know why yet. Um, But her sister takes her out anyway, because she says, They aren't scared of disappearing, because once they have your fear, they own you. You've got to live, Analia. So she tells her, you know, don't worry about these wolves or these coyotes, these men, basically, um, that are going to try to scare you, try to attack you, maybe harass you. Because if you show them you're scared, they know they have you. So you got to live, you got to not be scared, you just got to get out there. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a, definitely a positive message that I can uh, sympathize with and understand. Uh, unfortunately... That doesn't end well real quickly. It gets turned into a real bad night. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt while you're reading this that you th- that you're, not, you're not thinking, oh, this is going to end real great. <laughs> um, she is walking home with her sister, and they become stalked, yeah. I guess, by these predators. Uh, a pack of coyotes and uh, they grab Maria that's her sister's name they grab Maria and you don't see Maria again (laughs) it's a unfortunate but it it appears that this seems to be uh, a common thread a common uh, occurrence here in the city of lost girls or in this city uh, which is why the the girls have all collected in these uh in, into the train station to try and protect each other and themselves and to uh, defend themselves against these attackers. Yeah, they've all lost someone. And in her case, she's lost both her older sister and her mom. Yeah, because as she was running home, the coyotes followed her back and attacked her mother as well. 
It was thanks to the help of her friend... Valeria. Valeria. Uh, who unfortunately lost an eye in the encounter. But yeah. I. It's hard to see exactly how that would happen. Like, her eye wasn't just cut. It, like, popped out while the wolf attacked her or the coyote attacked her. So I mean, they're pretty big coyotes. Like, calling yeah. coyotes is a is a narrative thing. They're huge monsters. So, like, maybe just getting hit in the head popped it out sometimes. Excuse me. Yeah. Sometimes that can happen. And they, um, they find the train station. Yeah. They, they run and find shelter with the rest of these women. And, uh, shortly thereafter we get, I think, the best, like, training montage as, uh, what do you what did you call her again? Analia. 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 Yeah. Uh, as she's training to you know fight off the coyotes next time she sees them, and the training regimen is watch old kung fu movies. Well, they're they're not telling her to watch these things. She wants revenge, so she's learning by herself to do this. And the Duchess sees this and is like, "You're not doing this for no reason. I can tell that you want." revenge that you're going to fight mm -hmm. and then she says i know you don't like it here the, the victorias or they the train station is called a victoria station so they call themselves the victorias the women the women who fight the coyotes and she says i know you don't like the victorias and how we run things here but we can help each other i can help you find the wolves men that attacked your family and you can be our champion. You can fight for us. So. And, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting in these, uh, in these scenes with her in the, in the, in the city of Lost Girls, in the Victoria's area, in the train station, because as we mentioned before, there's a lot of, uh, specific use of color and these are the most vibrant pages. There's always a festive nature to this area. Despite the fact that there is always a present danger. Oh, yeah, they're always celebrating because it shows the coyotes that they're living. Which I thought, I mean, it only happened a little while ago, but I've, I always, I appreciated that in the, in the sense of like keeping the, 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 the statements of Maria, her sister, keeping that to heart separate from, you know, Maria as a character and just showing how that can be done in a way that's, the safer, yeah, <laughs> than Maria had unfortunately attempted. Yeah, um, there's more about Maria when you get farther in the yeah. the not the graphic novel, but now we it after that little scene with the Duchess and the fighting montage, I guess, um, the training montage, you see a little flashback of her trying to save. A group of, I'm assuming, immigrants in this white van trying to get probably to America. Um, Admittedly, they do just say, if we get north, we're safe, right? Yeah. They don't specify places and locations, but the, with the language indicators and other such, it is implying yeah. if they make it here, they'll be uh, safer. <laughs> which, she, I mean... Yeah, she she's like, Analia seems to be only maybe 14 
maybe at the at the most so she gives this little kid who's maybe like eight gives him a little note that says when they come you need to run and he's like what when who come when when what comes and then they get attacked by coyotes Mm -hmm. which uh oh gosh just the the fact that the the coyotes seem to represent not just a specific aggression or a specific evil like at the very beginning of the of the story it seemed to me like it was men attacking women whether like abuse or sexual assault or things like that and as the story developed it seemed to be more just like the general metaphor for the general aggression of people and men yeah like either because of that's that's what i got too mm -hmm. and with the the border thing like the the aggressive nature of border patrol and the yeah they slaughtered the coyotes slaughtered everyone in that van Mm -hmm. little boy included uh but that's okay because uh alan and alia she uh murdered them you can just call her red if you'd like red yeah okay that's her uh... they they call her red when she gets to the the train station the duchess starts calling her that because she says it's not Analia that's going to be running down your face. So That's her nom de plume, her 007 moniker. <laughs> yeah. So the Duchess tells Analia that the fur is a costume and the teeth are just magical bling or mystical bling, which <laughs> seems to mean that, like, it, what's giving them the power is the, the pelts that they're wearing from... Whatever, coyote or whatever. Yeah, whatever source. And it seems to, like, bubble off of them or bubble onto them. And it's real gross. Yeah, you we get to witness a couple of transformations both uh, into the wolf form and out of it. And each time it's just this real gross, like, mutative yeah. gooing out of, uh, of shapes. It's really cool. <laughs> and at, at one point, I know they're... There is somewhere in here that's like a halfway in between wolf and human, and it's real disturbing. Oh yeah, it's nasty. They don't look good, but in the <laughs> best kind of way. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're meant to look hideous and bad. Yes, um, we forgot to mention that she is being questioned right now by Agent Coffee or Kofi. Kofi? I'm not sure. It's only one e. It's C O F F E Y. Yeah, so it's coffee, but then why? Coffee. Well, it's not... Too I don't know. Oh. I'm calling him coffee. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. That's what I read every time I saw his name. Uh, but yeah, the, he uh, he took her in because, as you mentioned, in like the second page, yeah. uh, it was just her standing in a bloodbath, and that's where uh, he steps in, finds her, and that's where the story begins. Most of what we mentioned up to now has been... Uh, a flashback or her refer- referring to yes. uh, her thoughts or talking to Kofifi. And he's just trying to figure out why she was standing in a room full of dead people and wolves. Mm-hmm. But then some of the Victorias show up and are like, hey, you can't keep her. She's with us. See also, you later, policeman. She is also a minor. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, gotta, you gotta go. Uh, there is, um, I, it doesn't say her name. I don't think it's the Duchess. It's, um, one of the Victorias, but she tells the cop when he gets mad that they're taking Analia, that uh, you stop letting our bodies end up in ditches and we'll stop... Shitting on the police. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I feel like a lot of people nowadays are kind of feel that way. Like, once... I'm, not to start anything, 
Baby, but our, our podcast I'm just is saying, so aggressively political. You can say whatever I, you want. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> but, like, nowadays a lot of people feel that they're not as protected as they should be. And in this novel, it's basically just like, hey, once you guys actually start helping us, then we'll, you know, actually respect you. But, <laughs> but until you can, you know, do step whatever. it up and grow some balls, we're going to do things our way. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because this this story was written, I don't know, a few years ago. Because we got it a couple years ago just by, you know, walking through the comic book store and picking something out. So it's got to be older than that. Mm-mm. 2018, it says. 2018? Yeah. I thought we got this longer ago than that. No, I think it was just early summer of last year. Okay. You know, time really flies when you're accruing a massive amount of debt and learning nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, it, it's, uh, we see Coffee's uh, backstory just shortly after that to try and, you know, give us a little sympathy for random officer holding a 14-year-old. Yeah. And honestly, he doesn't, he seems like a good cop, but a bad husband and not a great dad. Yeah. He's kind of too stuck in doing his job and worrying about those people and not worrying about his wife and kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, he means well, but he's still kind of mediocre and yeah. naive and has he has his issues. He, mm-hmm. he has his issues. And it's not like he's a bad dad. He's just an absentee person. Absentee yeah. Father or whatever. And, it, like, I sort of understand, especially with his career path and where he's stationed, where it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I want to go home and see my, my wife and kid, but, like, they're fine. Mm-hmm. This person's not going to be fine at yeah. all. This place is awful. I need to protect people. But also, I need to go see my wife. <laughs> um, In his flashback, that's the first time it, it mentions Alden, mm-hmm. which is the uh, Alden Industries. Uh, the weapons manufacturer. When he's talking to his wife on the phone, he steps out of his car. He's like... Yeah, he's off in the side. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. he's waiting for people to speed by. You know, he's he's a cop. He's probably doing uh, speeding checks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he sees the semi just smash into this other car. And he runs to help. And it's this mother and daughter. The mother's... She's gone. So good. And the daughter's in the back seat crying. And all the semi-driver does is, like, give a nasty smile and hand him an Alden Industries card. Because Alden owns everything, he's going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And Coffee, like, beats him to a pulp, takes <laughs> him to the station. But they're like, you brought in a guy who works for Alden. Are you insane? Yeah, what the fuck are we going to do about it? They're a private military company, basically. Yeah, so <laughs> they let the them? guy go. And the girl's left with no mom. No and, mom, no nothing. Mom. And he gets transferred. Yeah, to an even shittier place. Yeah. He gets transferred to, as, you know, the story takes place, the city of lost girls to deal with far more heinous shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, his wife left him that night. It was a bad time. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good time. day. Um, <laughs> so next we have... A really awesome picture of Valeria holding up a coyote head. But you can't really see that <laughs> on the podcast. I don't know if we can maybe try to post that. Um, yeah, I give, think... Give I, credit to Caitlin, obviously. I think that's going to be the image that I post this uh, this show with, because that's really cool. It's, it's dope. I uh, love it. 
Yeah, between each each uh, chapter or each section, which I'm assuming is the issue breaks. Yeah. Because this is volume one, so I'm assuming it's made up of like six or seven issues, maybe more. And between each issue, uh, we get a, a full page, lovely, lovingly rendered uh, piece of art. Yes. That isn't exactly connected to what's going on, but, you know, references material here and there. And yeah. And uh, this one is Valeria holding up the coyote head and holding its popped out eye in place of her missing one <laughs> in in her amelia Earhart get up with her leg up is just real great and i love her so much i love that with uh when she you know got her eye lost when she lost her eye or whatever instead of just getting a regular eye patch she got like this like interesting like uh i guess probably handmade one eye goggle to cover it up instead of like <laughs> just a regular patch or whatever. I really, I really dig her Amelia Earhart esque uh, lady adventurer <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah. It's it's lovely, lovely. Um, but after you get past that piece of art, <laughs> <laughs> um, it shows you the inside of Alden Industries, and it's um, I'm not sure on his name, but he's like the boss of Alden and he's talking to one of these scientists this old greasy man and yeah. then you see this huge ginormous wolf they call an ancient in this huge room and they're talking about all the different ways in mythology that someone can be turned into a werewolf like um, being cursed or by being conceived under a full moon or by That's... having eaten certain herbs or by sleeping under the full moon on a Friday or by drinking water that has been touched by a wolf. Like, how do you... <laughs> That's really inconvenient. Like, yeah, There's a lot of those that just can't happen 100% by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who knows when your parents happen to bang and when you happen to be birthed. Yeah. Uh, also, there is one that's uh, far worse than all of them, which is... Oh, you have to eat some wolf meat mixed with human meat. Yeah. And uh, then hate your life, I guess. Uh. How, how would you even do that? I don't even know how you do that. But Oh, you got to blend? Never mind. The, the wolf starts talking, but all he says is Gaia. God. Not my friend, Gaia. So I'm not sure if right here he means Gaia is not his friend, or if he's talking to Gaia and saying... These men are not my These men are not my friends. Uh, after getting all the way through, I think that's the interpretation that I'm going to be going with. Because uh, it seems like this wolf, this ancient wolf, wants to separate itself from these men. And yeah. their, uh, their, uh, their old he brand or whatever. really tortured and doesn't really want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Doesn't exactly make him a good <clears throat> character, but it's an interesting character. I, I like him. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm not against him. I love me some wolves. <laughs> But later on, I, I can sort of see where, what his role is, possibly, and I'm interested. Mm. And then it shows Coffee and one of his uh, partners, I guess, yeah, following random. yeah, following Analia and Valeria to the train station mm -hmm. because they want to know what the heck's going on. Yeah, they can't gonna, just drop the case, room full of dead people. <laughs> yeah, gotta track this girl who, you know, wasn't the seat of a horrendous murder. See what's going on. Uh, and it just leads them back to the train station. Everyone's being mirthful and cheerful, but uh, that's not going to last for super long. Yeah. Um, and then we got another really beautiful 
painted picture. Um, it's just a like a side view of all of the women, not all women, but a lot of the Victorias dancing and drinking, and it's very yellow and orange and shadowed and just shows how warm and light it is yeah uh it, it's uh i wanted to mention before we go on real quick while this isn't like exceptionally graphic in in depictions of too many things like it's definitely a uh i guess rated m for mature mature if it was a video game or whatever yeah like there's a tit occasionally and there's definitely some gruesome murder yeah they're not afraid to be what they are exactly uh so, you know, any 13-year-old out there, you should definitely go get this. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, but while everybody is partying, uh, Red, she's on a bit of a mission. For some reason, she got this this sense, this inkling, that maybe the Duchess ain't, you know, telling everyone the truth or ain't up to snuff or whatever. And she's investigating her, mm-hmm. her office. Yeah, so she goes to her train car because it's train station mm-hmm. and uh they're not supposed to be down there valeria is kind of worried about everything being caught down there getting in trouble but analia finds a doll in the duchess's office room whatever uh that looks like maria and she's kind of like weirded out because why would the duchess have oh. a creepy af doll of her dead sister mm-hmm. also a doll that looks resembles her sister enough that she can like look at it and be like oh that's my sister yeah it's carved to a t yeah and uh this immediately uh stirs some bad feelings and causes her to question the motivations and the reasoning of uh the duchess mm-hmm. uh they get caught yes <laughs> and a fight <laughs> ensues a little bit with catalina mm. uh she's just another victoria seems yeah. to be one of maybe one of the higher ups a good fighter, a uh, a dedicated soldier to the yeah. Duchess. One of, maybe one of her good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, refers to herself in the third person, so probably the worst person ever to talk to. <laughs> but other than that... Uh, yeah, she, go, she punches Valeria first, and Analia loses it. Yeah, she loves her friend. And, like, I know they're, like, 13-year-old girls, but I ship them. It's adorable the way she, you know, tries to take care of her all the time. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the cop shows up. Yeah, sees the fighting, is a, is ready to break it up. Uh, but before that happens, wolves attack. <laughs> wolves. And this this section is really green. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of greens and shadows, but it looks really good. It's like a wave of coyotes. Literally, it's... Yes. <laughs> like, it looks like a literal wave of coyotes. Uh some of the stylization in the in the in the pages in the way that it's uh physically oriented like you you still read you know left to right or whatever is uh the norm and you follow top to bottom it's that's still normal but the visualization isn't always so straightforward and there's sort of like a flow that can take one picture and image and lead into the next one that can take you a second while you're reading it to have to like look back and be like, okay, okay, I see where the connector is. And that's not, I'm not saying that's a detriment. I'm saying that this is a very complex uh, image. The imagery is very complex sometimes. Yeah, uh, I think it really adds to the feel of the aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, 
And you, like you mentioned, it, you know, start getting all green in this area. And I like that. Green is typically a very sickening color. And after a few panels of like this vibrant beauty and then these wolves, these men attack and everything becomes sort of sick and infested. Yeah. And that's... Uh, it, it really just changes the mood. It's a real powerful mood yeah. changer. Uh, and then the Victoria show up. Yeah, they, they, they team up or they squad up like a fucking Power Ranger team. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I really like how they... How... Caitlin Yarsky always when a group shows up like the Victorias or later on the Abuelas when they show up there's just this pan the whole page is just like a group photo I guess if you will and I just really like how they do that oh no it look it looks powerful like the team up picture looks great there's you can see like characterization in each of the each of the people in it you can see that what role they might possess in this team just based on their weapon and the way that they're they're standing where they're standing and how they're positioned yeah they, they're just ready to fight and you can tell and uh they do it's uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a fight yeah unfortunately catalina does die well not right away <laughs> she she gets Ripped up a little by mm -hmm. the wolves, wolves or coyotes. coyotes. They call them coyotes. To give them less power. Yeah, it's it tends to be the way that, that they say it is a is an insult. Yeah. Because a coyote is basically a shittier, smaller wolf. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Catalina, she gets ripped up. She's She probably will die if just left to her own devices. But Duchess shows up and she's crying because... Obviously, she cares about Catalina and strangles her. Not strangles her, but suffocates. she suffocates her. Holds her nose and puts her out of her misery, I guess. I mean, I'm going to be honest. If, like, if my innards are out of me and, like, well, I'm going to... It's mainly her throat I mean, that, it... that's gotten bitten. Yeah. Or clawed. Either way, if I'm going to die a slow, bleedy death, I'd rather be snuffed out a little quicker, I think. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but well, during the during the chaos, Red and Coffee uh, managed to escape. And uh, Red has made the decision to find out what the heck's going on with this doll. Mm -hmm. And luckily, Coffee mentions that he's seen these... Somehow. I don't know. It doesn't give any, like, background of why he knows where this place is. Like, he hasn't been here very long. I, It doesn't seem like. It might have just been something that someone... Uh, oh, no, I think uh, later on it mentions in, like, a, a, as he's as they're meeting the, the owner of this facility that someone went to the police station saying that they saw their sister here. Mm. And that's how he knew about this place. Right, okay, I forgot about that. But it's just, like, a trailer on top of a... Mountain bike. cliff thing? <laughs> yes. It's just like just, such a skinny rock yeah, that <laughs> goes up into the sky and there's a trailer on top. If anyone's a, a big Digimon fan, it's the Spire from season two of the first Digimon. Just <laughs> huge. And that's where it crosses over to a Digimon fan fiction. Um, <laughs> oh man, I want to read some Digimon fan fiction. <laughs> 
Uh, send uh, Ali some Digimon fan fiction if you've got any, guys. Hell yeah. Uh, oh my <laughs> god, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, we're, we're in this uh, this little trailer, and it's just full from top to bottom with, like, dolls. Honestly, I want one of these dolls. I mean, they look awesome if you commissioned one, but if you just find one that looks like your sibling, it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would think it was possessed or something evil was happening. But if I had one commissioned to look a certain way I wanted it to, I don't know necessarily if I'd want it to look like me, but yeah, that'd, that'd be really dope. <laughs> I love these dolls. I love porcelain dolls and I love these... I don't know. They, these ones have joints. I'm not sure. What, I don't remember what you call these ones, but puppets. Maybe they. Yeah, they're puppet-like. They don't have any strings or anything, but they have many joints. Hmm. And they don't have any pupils. It's just a white eye. Yeah, I would have to. Which draw... is terrifying. <laughs> Definitely would have to draw that in. <laughs> <laughs> but once they get into the trailer, they are confronted. Uh, confronted, yeah, by Abuela. Yes, and uh, her introduction page is, it's a nice little splash page. She looks like a powerful old, po powerful <laughs> old woman. Uh, yeah, uh, aside from her being just bones, she still looks like she could just beat the crap out of you with her stick. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not messing with Abuela. And uh, immediately it switches over into what is likely the next yeah. issue. And instead of continuing directly on from that, uh, that the meeting, trailer scene, yeah, we get first a glimpse of the Duchess's backstory, which essentially is just she's a, was a young girl and still is. This isn't too far, yeah, too long ago. Yeah, she's like in her twenties. Yeah, uh, and you know she's out partying. She's a lady in her twenties. She's like, uh, I'm having a good time, getting a little drunk. These two guys are like, hey, do you want to go have sex with us? She's like. Yes, I do. Yeah, she's like, if we had sex, fine. If we got drunk, even better. As long as we did something. So she's just real bored and wants to do something. Yeah, and these two guys are willing to satisfy, so like, why not? Yeah. And it uh, turns out the reason why not is because they're assholes. Yeah, their um, transition... Oh, yeah. <laughs> ...is wild. They don't even look like they don't coyotes. Get... They look like aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they sort of look like a... Uh... So in Resident Evil... You know how they have those disgusting mutant dogs? They sort of look like that. There's a few different versions kind of, of a dog. They look more like lizards. Yeah. The ones in mm. here. When uh, they first transform. After they're done transforming, they look like coyotes. Yeah. But <laughs> Mid-transition, gruesome. Yeah. Uh, but she runs away. Even in her inebriated state, she's like, mm, just saw two men bubble out into wolves. <laughs> Time yeah. to get the fuck out of here. So this part, metaphorically, <laughs> uh, seems like it's saying to me, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Don't yeah. like. Like if, if something's <laughs> too good to be true, if two men are willing to like give you the night of your life, cool. But maybe. But maybe don't go alone. Yeah. And maybe make sure you know them enough to trust them yeah and even then be careful because like the duchess's entire theme of like we have to live our life and just party hardy yeah that doesn't go away she still has that mindset and that attitude mm -hmm. it's just a lot more secured and safe yes. and 
you you make sure that you have a place of power to do these things with first before you you know have a good time uh and this is the night she learned that as she's running away from these yeah, wolves she murders one of them yeah with a broken bottle just stabs it in the head <laughs> love it uh and she's saved from the other one by maria 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 shows up because of the flashback oh so it's analia's sister the bow and arrow and she looks pretty dope she just looks like analia all grown up and with a mole <laughs> yeah uh i do love the use of a bow in any situation really i think it's a dope weapon uh and she's rocking it just bows uh arrows down a one of the wolves right in the head and rescues the duchess taking her back to her home uh offering to shelter her for mm -hmm. the for the night yeah. before taking her to the victorias she tells her you should be proud and right. it, and um the duchess is like proud of what i almost got killed just wanting to have you know a good time with these guys but i think maria means you should be proud that you fought and that you survived mm -hmm. Uh, but she says, you know, like you said, she, you're not alone. Come live with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> she decides not to when she meets, well, when she meets Red, apparently. Yeah. Uh, who does Which not is, remember this. Yeah, much, much younger. Mm -hmm. Little girl, like four years old, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, she decides, nah, that, uh, I don't really want to be around this innocent little child. Especially after it's just nearly, I'm assuming eaten alive yeah. or whatever metaphor that might stand for uh i think i'm just gonna leave and figure it out on my own mm -hmm. well she goes uh to victoria station mm -hmm. where and there's three abuelas three of them and they're they're kind of terrifying they look like the three fates yeah they look like the ones in the, the hercules movie the disney one <laughs> they look that level of kind of like not right physically like they're the wrong shape for people they just look real like like one of them's way too tall her neck is way too long one of them's hunched and kind of i don't know crinkled in yeah and then there's one who's honestly she's the most normal one she's just short and round <laughs> yeah but with the other two it just kind of sticks out mm -hmm. well, i mean she, i guess she's real small yeah, and they all have black eyes, so there's also that. I mean, yeah, that is terrifying and <laughs> out of place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's when they give her the title of Duchess. And uh, maybe a present of some sort. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, first, we need to get back to the uh, the yeah, trailer. It switches back to the trailer now. Um, with the fight, Analia, Abuela, and Coffee... And Abuela is furious that she would even dare bring a man into her trailer. Oh no, she's pissed. Uh, first thing she does, not even asking like, who who does be? She just lights coffee on fire, which is the best hello. Yeah. He, he's able to get his uh, overshirt off and doesn't burn to death. But uh, damn, that's, that's, that's savage. Mm -hmm. And when Abuela smiles, it's terrifying. It's yeah. like this, if you didn't know any better, you would guess that she was evil. That she was, you know, one of the antagonists mm -hmm. of the novel. And, like, she still might not be a good person, but uh, this definitely makes her seem sinister as all hell. Uh, <clears throat> she begins to attack Red, the, you know, mostly just for bringing a man to her fucking doorstep. And, uh, luckily, 
coffee, like we mentioned, escapes the burning and uh, bashes her over with a candlestick, allowing Red to fight her off and secure themselves. Yeah, which then something wild happens. Yeah, this was unexpected. <laughs> like, this, what this, the heck? This is where the story really starts turning into far more action-packed than I actually thought it was going to be. Like, there was plenty of action up until this point. Yeah. But then it cranks up at this point. A different sort of action. Yeah. Uh, she gets, you know, kicked into her closet, and some of their dolls get knocked out around. And as she stands up, she pulls out of the closet a massive spike-shooting gun. Like, a cannon that just shoots stakes out. I think those are just giant bullets. Really? I thought they were like wooden stakes or something. I thought it no, was. No, those are just giant bullets. Jeez. I'm looking at the page, yeah. So she has a missile launching gun in mm -hmm. her closet. Uh. It's wild. Uh, but she sh they jump out the window because they don't want to get, you know, murdered. murdered. <laughs> and there's the Victorias, there's the Duchess, uh, Valeria, and three other Vic Victorias you don't know the name of. Mm hmm. And uh, they tried. They quickly de-escalate the situation, uh, calming down Abuela, reminding her, "Hey, these this girl's with us, and by extension, this guy is not, you know, to be murdered currently." And Abuela, you know, calms down enough. And uh, this is when the rest of the Abuelas just show up, mm -hmm. coming out of nowhere. These horrifying old women. <laughs> Well, the Duchess explains that the Abuelas are grandmothers of the desert, daughters of Gaia. So, like, they're, they've been fighting this war with the coyotes for, one of the Abuelas says, centuries. So, they're real crotchety old ladies. Yeah, they're not just old ladies, they're ancient ladies. <laughs> they're so old. And, uh, yeah, I believe that uh, the distinction to be made here is that they were fighting the wolves before there were even coyotes. Mm -hmm. They were fighting the, the original. The, yeah, the ancient ones. And uh, now they're here to help with the, the Victorias deal with the current situation. Because mm -hmm. as they discuss what's going on, uh, they mention to the police officer that a lot of the issues with the coyotes has to do with the Alden... Uh, man yeah. weapons um, manufacturing but place. Before that, we want to mention that the doll was because the abuela just makes all these dolls that are of missing girls. Um, and she mentions also that Maria was chosen to be blessed with charm. Mm. And it sounded like Maria was chosen to be kind of like the keeper of morale and try to keep everybody's spirits up. She was the one who kind of kept everyone together. Yeah, the uh, the abuela seemed to be part of a higher, I don't know, faction mm -hmm. within the Victorias or uh, an older leading force that designates, you know, you're going to be the Dutch is going to be the leader. Yeah. You're going to be the one who keeps people happy and willful. And uh, apparently, I believe in this section, they mentioned that Red is meant to be the champion. Yes. yes. And the Duchess was the one who was supposed to be finding these girls so that they could be used in this way. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not sure if that means maybe someday they'll become abuelas yeah. or something, but uh, maybe. Um. Yeah, but like you said, then they start talking about Alden and how if she accepts, Analia or Red will be their champion to take down Alden and the ancient mm -hmm. coyote. 
inside Alden. <laughs> and uh, this really gets, you know, uh, Coffee's britches in a bunch as he's a bit PO'd at uh, this Alden industry thing. And while everyone's deciding how are we going to be able to get in there and attack, he's like, I'm a police officer with a badge. I'm going to walk in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red's like, oh, he's, he's going to be the bait. And uh, then we'll do all the work. Yep. Everyone's pretty down for that. Because uh, they're going to do a bait and switch. Just like we're about to. Because we're going to go to the self-promotion corner. Hmm. So before jumping into the self-promotion corner... Let's first jump into the other promotion corner and listen to a quick promo from the Nefarious Podcast, a wonderful podcast about horrible things from wonderful women. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening to Tiffany and Sarah at Nefarious Podcast. Each week we bring you stories encompassed into different themes. Our stories range from the chillingly comical to the downright disturbing. We dive into all things nefarious. Join us as we put a lighthearted spin on otherwise serious topics and get to know us along the way. You'll love us. We hope. <laughs> Find our podcast on all major platforms as we drop new episodes every Wednesday. <laughs> I like that transition. Anyways, just a quick reminder that we have a multitude of social media outlets that we would love for you to like and subscribe to, to uh, keep in contact with us to see what's coming out and what we're doing. Uh, Twitter is probably the uh, the most efficient way. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Cryptid Delta. You can message us there. Our messaging is open. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, also at Cryptid Delta, uh, Instagram, and any other source. If you look up Delta Crypto Productions, you're likely to find us. That's a very specific yes. name. It's a little red logo with a weird looking tentacle creature inside. Yeah, which I'm not sure I've ever mentioned. His name is Crypto. Hmm. Along with, uh, you know, following us on social media, keeping in contact with us, letting us know how you, what you think about the show and whatever else we're doing. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, you could really help us out by going to patreon.com forward slash Delta Crypto Productions. And maybe shooting us a buck or two, or three, or four, or five. Yeah, whatever you're willing to support us with, that's more than enough. Definitely. Because right now we're trying our best to, you know, uh, do this podcast and other projects while not, you know, wasting all of our money and resources on it. Because we do still need to pay rent and live and survive. Uh, and a little bit of help with uh, covering the costs of this would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so if you enjoy it, go to our website. They're off to the uh, Alden industry. Yes. And uh, after they've come up with that plan, the novel switches over to a scene with the... There's two scientists. There's that greasy old man. Yeah, it's like Rothkleeth or something? Roth yeah, Rothschild, I believe. Maybe. Rothschild and his partner, Carl. And Carl. I don't mean like a good kind of partner. I mean like just his scientist partner. Yeah, like his lab tech. Yeah. The, Assistant not like guy. his love interest yeah love interest uh, um so this scene kind of gives you a better grasp of how big this ancient wolf is yeah in the previous time that we've seen him i didn't realize he was even that big like i didn't think he was a giant wolf because the the scene made it seem like they were just looking in on him from yes from uh, high up yeah so it might have been like they were, the camera was close to the wolf and they were far away. But no, 
Uh, the wolf is just huge. He's a big boy. And you can see some of his pelt has been cut off, like on his... his uh, Haunches? Haunches? I was going to say arms, but that sounds wrong. <laughs> his uh, cheek, his side, his shoulders, because they've been using the pelts to give to men so they can steady them and basically sick them on the women. Mm -hmm. And as we find out in just a, honestly a few pages, so I'm just going to go ahead and mention it. Uh, it's not just the pelts. In order to turn the men into wolves, they feed them his meat. And based on the previous stories about like how to turn people into werewolves, probably human meat as well. Yeah, he's bleeding. Mm -hmm. So they've probably cut meat off of him. To do so. Yes. Oof. But uh, his name is Seth. Yes. S-E-double-F. -F. Yeah. And he, uh, he talks. He gives the origin, basically, of the ancients. Mm -hmm. His his people, his... Not people, but his wolf race. Yeah. And while it is really cool, part of me, like, laughed at the depiction of it. Because <laughs> it's... The origin for Seth and the other ancients is that they are ancient. They are indeed yes. old as shit. They were... <laughs> Walking along with the dinosaurs yep. when a meteor <laughs> came blasting out of the un the sky and uh, somehow they made all of the other ginormous dinosaurs disappear or you know, die. And <laughs> then the wolves survived. Somehow. Somehow. Just the image of, you know, wolves hanging out with dinosaurs is already kind of like, huh, okay, sure. But then them... Just not dying during the meteor strike. It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, but uh, apparently they live, I guess. Um, that's a little... That's something maybe they could have tried to do a little differently there. Like, I still enjoy the whole book, and I en I enjoy their origins. It's just, it can sound a little silly. Yeah, but, uh, but that's pretty much a drop in the ocean at yeah. this point. But they say, or he says, Seth says... Uh, there was no more of anything, that there was just darkness all around. And they asked him, how do you survive? And he said, Will Rothschild. Will. And I'm not sure exactly what that means. I just figured it meant, like, that he didn't survive, like, hunting or doing whatever. He just decided, I'm not going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I was reading Will Rothschild as a name. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> I was I was thinking Rothschild's name was William Rothschild, but really he's telling Doctor Rothschild he that they survived through <laughs> sheer will. Oh man, I'm tired. Okay, um, uh, but yeah, then they say then there was a bunch of green guy yes. rose from the dirt. Uh, Rothschild at this point is trying to. Essentially interrogate Seth, trying to understand the origins of of everything. And uh, when Seth mentions that as they were, you know, waiting, hoping for, you know, food or whatever else, that Gaia just literally sprung from the dirt, uh, he reacts poorly. Yeah, Um. but real quick, I just want to say I really love the picture of Gaia. Oh, she looks really cool. I really like the interpretation of her and excuse me i i know she's just beautiful mm -hmm. i really enjoy it i also might be enjoying it more so because i have the same body type 
You know, um, I did think she was a pretty darn sexy lady. <laughs> except, except, not not to like, I'm not an artist, okay? I'm not a professional. I haven't done a bunch of games, a bunch of comics, you know. But I love Caitlin's work. I really do. She is an artist that I probably will be looking into more. However, Gaia's butt is kind of pointy. And not in a, like, uh, something's sticking out or whatever. Yeah, maybe it's, she has a bony butt. No, it's, it's not that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a point. Her butt reaches a, a triangular jointed point. It's, Which, uh, like, ignoring that, the whole picture is beautiful and I love it. And it's all green. <sighs> There's flowers everywhere. I just really love it. And, and then uh, I just look at her butt, and I can't look away. <laughs> uh, so, aside from her butt, Seth mentions that Gaia, you know, brought back life to the world. Yes. And that she invited him and the wolves and the ancients to live in the dirt with mm -hmm. her, I guess? Um. Yeah, basically, like, to live in the, the foliage. Mm -hmm. Um. But it, it, the way he talks, he seems to say she invited invited us in and it was a bad idea yeah it didn't end well i don't think that this implies that they killed gaia no I like think... she still seemed like a godlike force yeah they, he seems to still worship her it just also seems like he was killing the creatures that were you know he's a wolf he has to kill and he was killing the creatures who also lived in that habitat and that was probably not great for gaia this is what we start to get the distinction between the ancient wolves and the the wolves that are being made out of men, the coyotes. Mm -hmm. uh, with the way Seth mentions his past and his interactions with Gaia and his nature compared to theirs, he mentions that they're they they want to be aggressive just for the nature for the for the sake of yes. it. They want to be avoided, hidden, and be allowed to do these things. Yeah, kill while... what they can get away with, what can go unnoticed. Exactly. While with him, it's more of his nature is to attack what is there. Yeah. His nature is to be aggressive and angry. He's a force of vengeance. So it's less evil and more yeah. just a primordial like, force of... Yeah, he does it because that's he's a wolf. Yes. He, that's what he has to do to live. And men are just ambitious murderers who suck. Mm -hmm. Which I, I really appreciated this, this little distinction. Because there's always that, like, ah... Uh, men's primal nature blah 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 and and this is sort of like saying no there's a primal nature to the world mm -hmm. that's what seth is humans are just evil dick bags yeah because it, it says we were he seth says he was tossed out because of this because of his nature and it's men's nature too but not just because the men they pick to do these experiments on are bad but because it's just who we are mm -hmm. as humans we a lot of times lean towards violence and aggression to fix things and to reach our goals i guess mm -hmm. there's also just two quick lines that were uh thrown out during the explanation of like what's actually going on where they explain that they you know take in murder or take people from prison and feed them seth's meat along with whatever else and put the pelts on them and turn them into these coyotes, but also mentions that, to, you know, to figure out what's going on and how this works and to test whether these werewolves are effective weapons, because that's what they're trying to do is make men into weapons. They unleash them into the country and tell them to target women hmm. because the reason they pick prisoners and the reason they pick women 
is because in this region, this part of the world, or maybe even, you know, in the hindsight everywhere, the, uh, convicts and women are ignored. Like, their plight is ignored. Their, the fact that they are being murdered and chased around and taken is not anything that people are going to yeah. be surprised about. They People are like, oh, an inmate died? Who well, cares? You. Eh, it happens. A lady uh, went missing? Oh, well. Oh, well, it happens. Was probably an inmate because mm -hmm. of... Yeah. And then we move on to the... The big ol' big ol' where they... <laughs> big ol' big ol'. <laughs> where, where they get into the building. It is the climactic final fight, uh, essentially. Coffee, you know, storms in and talks to the, the boss who, uh, you know, basically separates Coffee from the rest of them so that he can be on his own place and everyone else goes to do their own thing. He gets taken to a red room where two of his uh, cop buddies are there to kill him. Yeah, they were in on it the whole time. And in this room, there's just a bunch of photos plastered all over the walls. And these are photos of women and children who have gone missing. Which is, like, real sick. Yeah, like, they've collected all of these horrifying pictures, and they're not pictures of, like, I don't know, a happy, sunny day at the beach with this woman. No, it's after they're dead, or while they're being chased, they take pictures and then put them on these walls. Mm -hmm. So, they've been separated. Coffee went to that red room, and the girls, the Victorias and the Abuelas, um, they split off. They split as well. off as well. Yes. The Victorias went to assault the the big the, boy, Seth. No, no, that's the abuelas. Oh right, I got to mix up. The the Victorias just went to to keep the men occupied to fight yes. off the the bad the the infantry. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Uh, sometimes that's nice to hear. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna be their their focus while the uh, abuelas and the duchess focus on Seth. Mm -hmm. They find him in the in the desert, and he's chained up and dying, seemingly. I don't think he's actually dying, because they would lose their, you know, golden goose, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's worse for wear. And uh, they I... are going to kill him, but the Duchess decides, Hey, you're, you're having a bad time, right? How about uh, you help us fight, and then just freeze him? Yes, because she's hoping he'll get rid of the coyotes and the men for them, and mm -hmm. then they can deal with him. Which, I mean, that's a good plan. Yeah. Uh, back in the actual facility, uh, the girls, they've begun their attack, and <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, the facility was well aware. Yeah. They knew what was going to happen, and everyone is already uh, pelting up. Yeah, like they're halfway through transformation. Unfortunately... Carl has been uh, yeah. pelted. Yeah, poor Carl. He seemed like a... He seemed kind of wimpy, though. Yeah, he seemed like a chump. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now that they're transformed, they attack the <clears throat> the Victorias, uh, which in this case is made up of Red, uh, her friend... V Valeria. Valeria, thank you. And two others... Um, it looks like it. There's one, maybe two other Victorias. Mm -hmm. There seems to be one with claw weapons or another yeah, one. Yeah, uh, like... Valeria has the Wolverine-esque weapons. Valer or 
Analia has a sword, and then this other, um, Victoria has, like, Some daggers. Knives. Yeah. yeah, knives. And they're jumping into this pit of, like, six wolves, and <clears throat> they're going hard. Uh, unfortunately, there's six wolves, and they're three young ladies. So, <clears throat> yes. Um, I just noticed something. Yes. I'm looking at the book while we talk about it, and... In these two pages, the first page is them about to attack. The second page is them attacking the wolves, the coyotes. And in the on the first page, Valeria has like a Wolverine esque claws, like it's a some sort of glove that at the top of it out pops these knives. The second page, she's just wearing a full on black glove where there's a knife, basically on every finger. Hmm. There's a little switch up there. Continuity, what you guys doing? <laughs> uh, you know, I... Uh, I preferred the... The gloves? Long claw nails. Yeah, I think I do too, actually. They're very Catwoman-esque. <laughs> I like them. Uh, <clears throat> and she's, you know, she's fighting hard too, despite, you know, not being as uh, talented, I guess, as Red yeah, at Yeah, I mean, murder. She's, she hasn't been chosen dancing around training to all these videos and talking to um the duchess but she's still she hasn't been chosen as the champion exactly but she still seems plenty capable uh, oh yeah fortunately uh you see her <laughs> yeah like i said it's still six wolves against just three young ladies and uh victoria or val gosh. just call her val val just call her val. yeah val gets uh <laughs> her arm just Stab, wrap, ripped into and yeah. ripped off. It's gruesome. And uh, he had this sends right into a bit of a a frenzy. Bit of a frenzy. Yeah. And starts going hard on all the wolves, but they they're definitely up against the wall at least until Seth busts on in. Oh yeah, he is ready to murder. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it pauses for tension, <laughs> and. It goes to Rothschild and Samson, which is Rothschild, the scientist, and Samson is the... The big boss. Yeah, he's the big boss of Alden, at least for this area. This region, yeah. Yeah. And they're, it's black and white, so it's a flashback. And it's Rothschild talking to Samson. Mm -hmm. Basically offering him a new weapon. He even mentions that the industry, Alden or whatever has been around since, like, World War One, mm -hmm. and has been part of the making of some of the worst weapons ever <laughs> created. And he offers them the chance for, uh, you know, front investment in uh, the next big weapon, werewolves. Yes, and in doing this, he wants to show him, like, give him a little Demonst taste. Yeah, yeah. demonstration. Because, of, of course, Sam's is like, <laughs> werewolves, you're stupid. Yeah. And uh, out of this car comes a little kid, like three-year-old kid holding a teddy bear. His name is Marcos, and he's scared, and he's looking for his brother, Ramon. So he's... I think that one is Ramon, actually. Hmm? No. It says Marcos right there. Okay. The same kid. Okay. As Later on, as you will find out. But, um, yeah, in this flashback, Marcos... The little boy says that he's looking for his brother, Ramon. And these scientists and stuff said they would help him and whatever. 
probably found him wandering around the desert because everyone else he probably knows is dead. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and Sam's or Rothschild pelts him, puts a puts a pelt on him, and he becomes a full sized gruesome werewolf monster. Yeah. And uh obviously Samson, the moment he sees this, decides, Alright, I'll get my checkbook, let's get this started. Because that seems right and normal and good. <laughs> I mean, it is going to be a powerful weapon. The oh, way they do it is god-awful, but if you could turn me into a werewolf without hurting anybody else, I mean, sign me up. I mean, heck yeah. It seems like these guys are attacking women because they decide to. Yeah. But like... Shoot. If I could just be a werewolf, run around the woods for a little while, howl at the moon. Yeah, like I'm not big on hunting, but I'll hunt a deer <laughs> if I'm a wolf. Fuck yeah. <laughs> hashtag furry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag not a furry. Oh, you wish. <laughs> okay, so it goes back to color. The present, they're getting attacked. There's too many of them. Valeria's arm's getting ripped off. And the other girl is also being. Pretty viciously attacked. Yeah, the other Victoria, she's got two wolves on her, and Analia is barely holding on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, luckily, is making his way from wolf one wolf to another, just eating them whole, seemingly. And uh, one has managed to get its jaws nearly around uh, red, but then she just, I don't know, alligator cracks his jaw open, and... Uh, kills him it's pretty great actually yeah i, I really like this this kill <laughs> when when seth comes in he tells the other coyotes that they don't move like real wolves and they're not vicious like an ancient wolf they're not desperate isolated or alone like the the true wolves that he is mm -hmm. so he knows that they're weak that they're man-made yeah which, again, adds more to the distinction between, like, the ancient force of just anger and aggression mm -hmm. versus the... Just wanting to do it because you're... Allowed the to. The worst, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and sadly, Valeria... That sounds like a disease. It does. It sounds like malaria. <laughs> Uh, but anyway. she, <laughs> yeah, she's not looking too great. Uh, unfortunately, there's not enough time to really lament on it just yet. After, you know, Valeria falls and the the girls are not retreating, but trying to regroup or do whatever they can to continue the fight. Uh, <clears throat> we get a quick break from the action to see what's going on back in the desert as the Duchess and the uh, abuelas are having a little bit of an argument. The abuelas are real mad that the Duchess freed Seth when he was so... Seth? Seth? Seth. Seth. You said Seth. Sorry. Seth. Seth? There you go. <laughs> so Seth, uh, she's... They're mad that she freed him when he was in such a vulnerable position because it seems like killing him is their primary goal. And, uh... They even attack the Duchess at this point for her insurrection, I suppose. Uh, unfortunate for them, despite, you know, being powerful, mystical old ladies, 
Uh, they are still old. <laughs> they are still old. And the Duchess is apparently a badass. Oh, yeah. And she just beats them. <laughs> and they agree, all right, fine. I yeah. guess we'll go. <laughs> well, the Duchess is like, you're old. You got old ways. I'm the queen now. We're going to do things my way. And kind of like saying as if, get rid of your old traditions. We're making new ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is ex- definitely what uh, what is referred to here. Uh, she even mentions it as this is the next wave of feminism. Or I forgot if she's... Sp- yeah, th- yeah, next wave feminism. Yeah. Better get with the tide. Which is, uh, from the little knowledge I have, uh, has a lot to do with changing from uh, original, older, like, first wave feminism had a lot to do with empowering women through their womenly roles which is a gross thing to say out loud but like the fact that there were women and that they were meant to be this or that or whatever else that's what empowered them and later on it became uh we are women and we our power comes from the fact that we are people and we have the right to do the things that whatever else blah 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 so on and so forth and this seems to be that same transition of we're not just doing we're going away from tradition and moving towards uh you know a different future something new Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> what happens after their the little confrontation in the desert with a uh, with the Duchess? Um, it just goes to Seth again, Seth and the Abuelas. Mm-hmm. They, they interact. They meet back up in the Alden uh, industry. Yeah, everybody is in the same room now. And. Uh, it's really cool. I didn't expect this at all. Uh, apparently, the the abuelos, you know, they come walking in, and there there is some interaction between Seth and Red regarding like, ah, uh, you're not really an ally. We're not really on the same side, but we're we're you know fighting for the same thing or against the same thing, so on and so forth. But the thing that got me is once the abuelas showed up and they were like preparing to fight, uh, they transformed into like crazy monsters well i don't know they didn't really transform but they've got their weapons out that's for sure um, some of them transformed like yeah one one old lady with glasses she has she does have knives coming out of her skin you're right one and then of them one has, has weird like anglerfish ba- teeth yeah like uh i don't even know anglerfish probably the best choice uh another one the 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 older one have you the, ever seen an anglerfish yeah they're terrifying yes that's what uh, she looks like. <laughs> uh, there's also that one that we mentioned earlier, uh, who was like real small and just an average looking old lady. Yeah, she just got a knife now though. Oh yeah, I meant uh, this one. Okay. The the I don't know traditional looking grandma, but maybe just real old looking. She just becomes massively muscled, just she hulking out. It's amazing, and uh, I guess that's their thing. Like they have these crazy superpowers and they're ready to fight. Uh, and it seemed, I think they're going to fight Seth. Yeah, they were getting ready to, to get things going. Mm-hmm. But before they're able to have that interaction, Rothschild shows back up and shoots. The uh, Duchess, yeah. Yeah, shoots the Duchess in the face with like a cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Damn rocket launcher. So she's blasted away. Mm-hmm. And Analia... Analia is still fighting her way to that room. She went to go get coffee. 
<laughs> um, uh. Yeah, she went to go get coffee. And she finds him in the red room, so she, you know, does the right thing and slaughters the people, the two other cops who were there. Yeah. And uh, coffee has no issue with this. Uh, no, I what... think he's taken aback, though, that this, like, small child is killing these men. I mean, yeah, but he's not, like, against it. He's just like, oh, man, this is wild. Yeah. Because once they, you know, escape, once Samson also is murdered, I believe. Uh, yeah, um, coffee strangles him. Which, you know, that's fair. Or chokes him to death. Uh, once that has occurred, he's just, like, burns the place down, and she's a little concerned, like, ah, oh, don't we need to, like, keep this for evidence? He's like, I'm gonna kill everyone. We're just gonna burn this place to the ground. Yeah, he's he says... Um, sometimes stuff is so bad that, uh, you just, you just gotta burn it. No yeah, one needs to know. Yeah, get, get rid of this shit. Yeah, and then the Duchess rises from the, the flames yeah. with, like, half of her right side of her face just burned off. Like, you can see her teeth and her tendons. Yeah, her hair is destroyed, her, uh, clothes are torn, her cheek is missing. She looks a little bit like a zombie. And as Rothschild is giving a little, like, villainous monologue, like, ah, oh, Seth, you're my pet, blah, 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 come back and uh, whatever, rollover dog reference thing. Uh, she just, you know, no one expects her to be alive. She just got rocket launched in the face, stabs him in the back while he's giving his little evil monologue. Mm -hmm. Then she grabs the rocket <laughs> and launches it into his face. Okay, she, she launches the rocket away from him. But points it so that the back of it is facing him. Yeah. So all of the heat and the... Fire just fire shoots out. Shoots and out and basically melts his face. Just rips it right off. Beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah. And then Analia and Coffee show up to the, the area where Seth and the Abuelas and the rest of the Victorias are. And uh, she's, she's angry. Oh, yeah. She's yelling at Seth, and he's like, no, don't talk to me like that. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and she's like, uh, you don't understand. I'm the wolf now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, that was that was a real lovely, lovely scene, real yeah, very, powerful. Yeah, very strong, yes. It shows how young she is, but how powerful and strong she can be. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great way to show how, like, the personification of what seth is you know aggression and vengeance and potentially violence mm -hmm. how in the right format it doesn't have to be innately evil mm -hmm. like with her she's gonna be aggressive and angry and violent but she's gonna do it to protect people and to defend what needs to be defended and mm -hmm. to make progress yeah so that's that's a lovely distinction to really cap off the the story here near the end the next few pages are really heartfelt, I guess. Um, I would like to read the two little quotes, or I guess the one prayer and the other quote that Analia does. She um, is holding Valeria while the abuelas float in a semicircle around them <laughs> with some sort of fire in their hands like or orbs in their hands and she says i pray to the souls of great women women better than me i pray to the stars of friends who have been lost to a gal galaxy that burns bright to remind us we are not alone souls too bright to extinguish 
I pray to the grandmothers to clothe my friend, to feed her, to watch her, to know how missed she shall be. She is, and how sorely I let her down. I owe her everything. And that shows how much Analia really cared for Valeria, and that she wants her ancestors and the women who came before them to take care of her wherever she might be. I don't know. It's just a very... No, it, it's, I don't know. It, I don't it, even know how to describe it. It's just so good. It's really beautiful. It's one of those things where I'm like, when I read that little poem or the little prayer, I was wondering, like, was this something they made up for this comic or was this something that is already... Something happened that Sean Lewis wanted to... <laughs> yeah, or is this like a pre-existing prayer that they heard somewhere? Like, because it's, it seems... It's, it's like very what... heartfelt. Yes. Like, a lot of times you'll read a book or watch a show and the person will say something and it, you know that the writer just wrote it so that the scene would be sad but this feels like sean lewis wrote it so that he could expose himself that sounds really wrong <laughs> <laughs> don't expose yourself sean but um express yes express himself and this might be something that he really feels strongly about. Maybe something like this didn't actually happen to him, but he feels strongly about the the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And just to confirm for myself, Sean is a, a man, yeah? Yes, Sean Lewis is a man. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I wasn't... <laughs> I was going to say something else, but then I forgot, so... <laughs> um, okay, cool. That was just curious. Yeah, it, it might definitely have to, you know... It's the scene is her praying over a lost friend, if that is a, a genuine uh, connection and a, a thing that occurred that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But the it's very, uh, very true, very real. Yes. And the prayer itself sounds like something that might have genuinely been in like a religious text somewhere. It's really lovely, lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. What's so the other quote you wanted to... There are two pages left okay. um, of the story before it, like, does a flash forward. Yeah. Um, But the rest of it is just Analia telling them, we're not going to be silent anymore. We're not going to go unseen or ignored. So to me, that means, like, if we keep with the metaphor of this having to do with uh, assault or just feminism in general or like the well the well-being of the world yeah, like in general fighting the, the abuse of power yes the the people who have been victims of it of aggression of power in all of its forms aren't going to be hiding anymore we're going to try to make this world a place that we want to live in and we're going to fight you we're mm. going to stand up for what we believe in and we're going to yell it with all the air in our lungs, whether you like it or not. And I, I love that it's red in doing this, that uh, she's taking control. Like, the Duchess is still around, the boils are still there, but they seem to be deferring to her at this point, that she's going to be the, the face of this new movement. Mm-hmm. Because that puts a young, you know, immigrant child, potentially, depending on yes. how this really is framed, to be... 
the leading face of a movement for for change and progress. Mm-hmm. I think that's just wonderful in general. Yeah, it's uh, something that you don't see a lot, um, and that is refreshing, I guess, for lack of better words. It's really nice to see that um, coming from, you know, <laughs> a, a, a white girl. But, um, no, I... Hey, I uh, between the two of us, we, we can somehow relate. You're a woman, I'm a brown, there's something there. <laughs> Um, but I mean, luckily for me, I haven't experienced a lot of <sighs> direct discrimination or anything like that. Yes. Um, I have, you know, gotten comments like, oh, let me do that. You're not strong enough. You know, you're a girl. Those regular old things, you know, been, you know, underestimated and stuff because I'm a girl, but, but I haven't experienced things that come with like being an immigrant or being abused or something like that or being an inmate you know um which is i mean lucky for me but unlucky for a lot of other people who have to experience a lot of abuse and assault and harassment but um yeah anyway off that tangent she says she says we aren't going to die in silence anymore which i also like because a lot of things do go unnoticed and i feel like in the past a lot of all of this discrimination and people dying, inmates dying, women dying, people of color dying, gay people dying, wasn't as important to, uh, like, the bigger picture to a lot of people. But now that it's becoming, you know, more on the scene and people are realizing, like, oh, man, this is bad. We should do something about it. That's kind of representative of that. Like, pe- we're, we're going to let people know what's happening, and we need to do something about it. And, uh, I mean, that is a big deal, like, just making sure that that is seen. Like, with, you know, black people being shot by police or whatnot, that's always happened, but it's but become it's, an issue because yes. people can see it. Yeah. So, like, making sure that you are seen and you are heard and that your your abuse and your death has is, you know, shown to the world, that has a lot of power in it. And it's an important part of the this ending. Yes. Um, and one of the abuelas says, you you did it, you know, Duchess. You found our champion. She's just kind of like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> but uh. this, uh, the last quote before we go to the flash forward is just Analia. It's a picture of Analia holding a Valeria, her corpse walking away from what looks like a town or maybe just Alden. Yeah, the facility might have been larger. It's pretty big. Um, Her cape, it looks like. It's like a cloak <laughs> or something. Her, like, it's like, like floating above her with yeah. the moon in the back. It, it's just, it looks very good. She looks like a superhero right here. Oh, for sure. Um, But she says, For the women lost, I am there. For the women frightened, I am watching. And I will fight with you. So that's a very superhero thing to say. Like, I'm watching and I'm going to protect you if something bad happens. Oh, no. This this character next volume is going to show up in, like, some leather and tights with, like, a damn S on her chest or some <laughs> shit. Like, she's she's ready. She's going to be that next hero. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, right after that, we skip ahead some amount of time. It doesn't specify. It just says yeah. the future. Analia does look a little older, but I can't tell if that's just because... She's just 
physically matured or if it's just showing how much she's matured from the event that's happened. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to say. Uh, I'm going to say it's not too much farther in the future because of the child that we meet here. Uh, we see a bunch of people uh, attempting to escape to the north again. Yes, and it, they, it shows train tracks. So they're trying to follow train tracks to yes. the north probably. It, it refers to the the beast uh specifically I, it seems like the beast in this case yes. is the train yeah and it says you have to ride a monster north so i assume it's people who are trying to flee and flee get on the train and like hide on the train mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> so this has been the second time that we've seen you know people trying to escape and uh you know what we would consider to be illegal immigrants mm-hmm. trying to find safety and uh i'm interested to see if in the next volume in volume two this is more of a centerfold of the action because it seemed like this one was definitely building up like what seth is what aggression is what coyotes are and all this stuff setting up the the lore of the world and maybe in the next one we'll see where that what that leads to and how it interacts with these people trying to survive yes um Ouch. I got a foot cramp. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so we get a we got a glimpse of the monster that they have to ride north. It's uh, it's just a train, but the the front grill of it looks like jagged, sharp teeth. Yes, and on top of this train, uh, standing is a one of the abuelas, the abuela who um was creating the dolls. Yeah, and Analia. Um. Somehow, this small child is able to reach up, and Analia grabs him, puts him on top of the train with them, and they see a coyote running alongside the train. Um, so, in this, I imagine it's just them saving this poor boy who just wants to be safe from... Border Patrol, basically, <laughs> um, or this coyote. There's also, uh, this boy is referring, is, you know, the, potentially the boy that, uh, got turned into a, a wolf, a coyote himself during, uh, Rothschild's backstory, uh, because he pulls out the same bear and mentions yeah. he's looking for Ramon. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my teddy bear if you help me find my brother, Ramon, which is really sweet because <laughs> all he has from home and from his parents is the, little teddy, is the bear. teddy bear, but all he wants to find is his brother. Uh, and it basically ends off with the abuela, you know, talking some shit and, uh, and Red just shooting her down. Uh, as she's trying to basically scare the boy, Red's going, no, yeah. calm down, you're fine, you're, you're a kid, you're good, you're a good person, and getting the abuela to, to calm down. Yeah, as she, she says she, she only trusts rabbits, mm-hmm. so she's asking the little boy if he's a rabbit. Or if he's a wolf. Yeah. And, uh, which is interesting, because I, initially I thought this was Ramon's brother, or, you know, the other kid. Well, I, I, I would assume it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming this is still Marcos. Okay, that that's what I meant. I, I switched it around. I thought Marcos from the originally was Ramon. Oh, okay. And I thought that uh, 
You hope they are two different boys. Yes. No, it's the same boy. Uh, but now it adds a little bit of different context because he has been a wolf. Yeah. He has been this thing. So. But unwillingly. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that she's, you know, questioning him about this as she's watching the coyote in the woods running alongside the train chase down a rabbit. And while she's being aggressive and Red's calming her down and telling her, you know, this isn't the way we need to be. She decides not to kill the coyote. Yeah. In a a move that I wasn't expecting. As if to say, like, yeah. you need to, you know, be a little more, not understanding, but like. Well, like, this coyote was an actual coyote. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a man. Yeah. Who turned into a coyote. So, let the creatures who, I mean, it's, their, it, it's his natural way. Just mm-hmm. let him be. Yes. Uh, l- let the world be the way it's meant to be. You don't have to fight against that. But, you know, there's other things to fight about. Other yeah. things to, to... To worry about. Exactly. And, uh, so yeah, that's the ending of that. I'm... Yeah, they're headed towards Sanctuary City, 300 miles away. Yeah, they're literally going to a sanctuary city. So, yeah. I think Red's about to become an illegal immigrant. Uh, possibly. And then we'll see probably more coyotes obviously it's entitled coyotes <laughs> so we'll probably see more power dynamics and aggression used in more ways definitely uh let's go into some real quick final summations because we're a little over sometimes we get a little in depth with the comics um i i genuinely love this uh there ha- there were like some small things that uh i'll you know mention some things that i was like meh about but everything else was otherwise wonderful so i'll just start off with those real quick the the fact that this is set in uh, a hispanic you know setting there's a lot of back and forth between english and spanish and that's cool and interesting but <clears throat> maybe there was some translation difficulties like there were some moments where things didn't didn't translate quite right as far as my understanding of it goes uh there's one moment where they mentioned where the coyotes are looking for uh, the black one, which I wasn't sure who that was, uh, until I realized it was the, the Duchess, but, uh, there was a gender confusion there in, in the translation, so that was, there's, you know, moments like that where it's like, it's not perfectly translated, so even though it still adds that, that, you know, aesthetic and that sense of, like, location and culture, it didn't seem quite as naturalistic as it could have, but it wasn't off-putting. Yes. Uh, other than that, uh, I love the art, but like I mentioned, sometimes I did have to look through a page like two or three times to be like, okay, this is what happened. <laughs> so that's more of a maybe a me thing, but I did have to give it a twice over here and there to, to make sure I knew who died and what got, you know, bitten and eaten and destroyed. <clears throat> And obviously the the wolves being dinosaur adjacent was a weird backstory that, like, I'm not against it, but it was silly. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But literally everything else was amazing. I thought the fact that this is such a metaphor-heavy book, which, I mean, everything is to an extent, but this seems more explicit about it, more, uh, like, it's its purpose, but still despite everything being its own metaphor or whatever, still establishes a world and lore and 
this sense of magic. And that's cool to be able to, like, do that and have this, like, actual story that unfolds, but all of it having more of a higher meaning to the outside world is wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess I'll give it a rating. 9 out of 10. It was wonderful. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really loved the art style, and I really liked the story. All of the characters were pretty great. Well written. Um, I don't have anything negative to say about it. Maybe other than, like you said, the origin story of the ancients was a little <laughs> iffy. But I don't know. Maybe there were ancient wolves during dinosaur times. I'm not a dinosaur expert. Neither am I, but there there weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the part where Valeria's claws turn into a glove, where I, I'm sure maybe I'm just not seeing it right. Like maybe the first picture, I didn't see one of her hands correctly, and maybe she had a type of glove on one hand and the claws on the other but that's so small that yeah. I don't really think about it like I had to really squint and look at the book to really observe yeah. and notice it yeah these are definitely small nitpicks yes this is just like well if we had to say anything negative I guess this is what we yeah. you know come up with honestly if I had to rate it I would probably give it a 10 solid I'm really interested to see if they do go north and if the Abuelas and the Victorias... Obviously, the Victorias are only from the area they came from because they're named after the station that they are mm. residents of. But... I mean, if they took the train. <laughs> I, I'm i cu curious to see if in the north there's other groups of women you know, called different things, who also do the sort of fighting warrior champion thing they do. If there's another group of abuelas or, you know, grandmas, grannies, <laughs> mamas, whatever, <laughs> of, of older women who are trying to give their wisdom to younger girls to help them fight. To see how far this, this, this fight and this war yes. goes. I, I want to know if it's just secluded to this one part wherever they're located in the city of lost girls or if this is a bigger issue that even goes north which i think the fact that they're going north implies that it does and i'm really excited because now that we now that i understand it is actually a more recent than i thought it was i thought we bought it forever ago but apparently it's there, just... there are more issues out yeah we yeah. just haven't gotten them yes. which i'm actually super interested in doing now um but i mean if this is if the next if the next few issues, they're gonna be written like twenty nineteen. They're gonna be current issues. I'd be super interested to see like if they're going north. If there's references to you know more border border patrol issues, ICE issues, how they depict that. That's probably gonna be pretty cool. Oh yeah, um, Caitlin does a really good job at what she does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's everything I've got. Yeah. Um. All I got is it was a real good book. You should read more of Sean Lewis and go to Caitlin's website at 
C-A-I-T-L-I-N-Y-A-R-S-K-Y.com. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure to put links and whatever else in the descriptions and into uh, the tweets that we put out. Yes. Uh, also, go to our website. Go to our website. Yes. Go or social medias. Go to our social medias. Go go do that. <laughs> go do that. Uh that's it for us folks. Uh Did we learn anything today? Um power is bad. I mean, yeah. If it goes to your head, mm, men are the worst. I can agree. The government is messed up and also sucks. Check. Science doesn't care if you're a bad or a good person. It's just science. That's that's true. <laughs> true. You know, you're kind of hitting all of the boxes. Um, even if you're a little kid, you can still be BA, and your words matter. Your opinions matter as well. It doesn't matter if you're eight or thirteen or eighteen or twenty or eighty-five. Like, if you have feelings and thoughts, speak them. Someone will listen. All right. Well, uh, nothing I had learned was anywhere near as uh, actually cool and nice as that. You said (laughs) real thoughtful things. So I'm going to end it by saying goodbye. (laughs) All right. Bye. Goodbye.